0: trust Jesus he takes care of me Romans chapter 8 verse 37 39 nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and this is the words that I'm going to dwell on for I am persuaded For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature should be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a statement. What a verse. You can ride on that verse. When the devil comes, beats you up, tells you no good, undeserving of heaven, you disagree with him. That's right. If I deserve heaven, I wouldn't get to go. If I thought I deserved heaven, I wouldn't get to go. The fact is, I don't deserve it. I'm a sinner undone, lost and undone. And he found me. And I got to hear about Jesus and hear about him dying for me and paying paying for my sin. And I I said, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And God has helped my unbelief little by little, day by day, as we have walked along this way. And it is a beautiful thing, the Christian life. It's a beautiful walk. As I'm coming towards the end of my walk with God, I'm sure a whole lot farther towards the end now than I was at 18 years old when I really, in seriousness and sincerity, began to walk with God. And here at 65, um, I feel like I'm. Uh, it's a whole, I mean, not, you know, every day is a new day, right? I, I learned one thing, you get a whole new set of temptations when you get old. The temptations of an 18-year-old are a whole lot different than temptations of a 40-year-old. A 40-year-old have different temptations than a 60-year-old. And an 80-year-old has really a set of different temptations. In other words, they shift. They may go from the lust of the flesh to the pride of life. And, uh, you know, you you can become... Sin, boy, it's always there. It's your your buddy that wants to come up on you because we still carry with us that old nature... That must die and go back to dust. It'll be a great day to die. It'll be a great day when you die. You believe that? Well, you sure fight it off. I'm Tuesday, I'm going to the doctor, fighting it off again. I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm a hypocrite. But, but you, you, you fend it off. But the truth is, for a born-again Christian, the greatest day, better, the, it says in Job, the day of your death is better than the day of your birth. it's Better. Better as a born-again Christian because we get rid of this old nature that's harassed us, spoil almost everything you touch. And uh, it wouldn't be for the Holy Spirit of God intervening, ruin every good thing. But yet God has said, I give you my Holy Spirit. You're going to be with you forever. And you're more than conqueror through him that loved us. That's your condition tonight as a born-again believer. Are you persuaded tonight? Are you persuaded that that's true? Have you nailed your faith down? Have you thought through the major challenges against what you believe? How does one get firm in the faith? How do you get where Paul was where he said, I'm persuaded? What are the processes that bring you to the place that Paul was at in verse 38 when he said, I am persuaded? Well, let's look a little bit. Let's do an exposition real quickly on these few verses. Verse 37, we'll start with that. Paul had an absolute confidence, an unshakable faith in the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, nay, and all these things were more than conquerors him that loved us. God loves us. That was that. End of line. Do you believe tonight that God loves you? I believe over and over that people do not really and are have a hard time accepting that God loves them. I've had a hard time. I mean, I know me better than you know me. I know me better than my wife knows me. And I have a hard time sometimes believing God could love me in spite of all that. See, God doesn't love me because of me. He loves me in spite of me. Amen? When God works through me, He works not because of me. He works in spite of me. I always say He works around me. Amen? And He works through me. But the truth is, uh, there'll be no flesh glory in His presence. That's what the Bible says. We're not going to stand up there and beat our chest and say, boy, we did. Now, God himself, you know, a man shouldn't honor himself anyway. You shouldn't. You never speak. God will honor you where you are to be honored, and whatever honor he does for us, that's going to be noble and right because God doesn't do anything else that's noble and right. When he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and you hope he says that. What an honor that'll be. And, and and you know we don't we won't sit there and say well I deserve that no you won't if you think that you ain't getting that. But uh, if you deeply believe God loves you tonight. I believe it's foundational to the confidence that Paul had. It's foundational to, ult- to his ultimate activity in his life. Less than full confidence will weaken you. It'll take your energy from your service. It'll lessen your service. I believe in some de- to, the, to the degree you have confidence that God loves you and that you are more than a conqueror through Him is about the same degree that you're willing to serve God. You want to know why some people don't serve God? They don't really believe that God loves them. And Many people have come to me and given in to fear rather than faith. They say, preacher, I love this. I can't do that. <laughs> Whatever we're happening with, we can do all things through him that loved us. That what that What now? There it is again. That loved us. We can do all things. The truth is, you don't believe he can do anything. Through. And it's that lack of just trusting God. How about just jump in the water and, The temperature's fine. How about just getting out of the boat and saying, I'm just going to stretch myself for Jesus. Uh, That that 40 people we had going door to door. I'm telling you, I ain't thrilled to see those folks when they show up because I think every one of these people stretching themselves for Jesus today. Now, not everybody in church. I'm just talking about that group, you know. Some of you other people are calling a lot of different ways and you do. It during the week. I'm just talking about that group. I just get a thrill when they show up and I think, you know, by the grace of God we're, we're willing to stretch ourselves. And I look at that motley crew and I think we got an artist. We got a doctor. We got a veterinarian. We can just about have anything go wrong. I'm looking for an undertaker but I haven't been able to get one yet. But I think we need to have confidence. Ask God for it. You must be, I realize, um, you must accept the things that God has presented to us, and, and uh, you must personally be presentable to Him through His blood. In other words, there should be nothing between you and the Savior. To be more than a conqueror is bigger, than I think, than just positional sanctification. I think it has to do with practical sanctification. I think it has to do with that not only am I positionally in Christ already seated in the heavenlies, but I am practically speaking nothing between me and the Savior tonight. If anything He'd bring up for me to change or do or give or give up or, or give or do whatever I want, that I'm willing to say, yes, I'll do it by the grace of God. And if you're in that kind of position where you've got peace with God and you're reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus Christ, then you're more than conqueror through Him that loved. And there's, un the Bible says someday in Colossians, I love Colossians 1.22, will be, will be presented unreprovable and unblameable. How in the world? Unbelievable is what that is. Unreprovable? Unblameable? Well, you know, the grace of God will be there, amen? The listing that we find in verses 38 and 39 in this passage is a listing of the depth of the confidence of Paul and what he had in God's love and his forgiveness. Uh, you, you may go to the passage take an eyeball on that. and It says, I'm persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor principality nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I, I looked at that and analyzed it. Number one we see no height. We, we see there first of all, neither death nor life. Though there words, nothing in the physical realm, death or life, is able to separate us from the love of God. There's nothing in this life going to be able to separate you from the love of God if you'll submit to Him and trust Him. Nothing going to be able. Nothing going to be able to do it. You are more than a conqueror. You are a conquer in Christ. Nothing in this life. Nothing in the realm of death. Oh. I I had pneumonia last year and took some medicine, and man, I freaked out on that medicine. I, I always didn't know what the difference between reality and not reality, and I was running around the house looking for my wife in every room, and nevertheless, I finally found her in the bedroom. She said, why don't you wake me up? I was by half scared what would come out of the bed. But anyway, I you know, when you're tripping, you're tripping, man. Other people, it's funny, after I said that, so many people said, well, I took that. It worked on me fine. Well, you didn't do LSD when you were a kid either. That's probably messed my mind up. Boy, I tell you what, man, I got in that stuff, and I thought, whoa, this this isn't even prescription, this stuff. I thought, man, this is it. Is this death? Is this it? But even then, God's there. He's there helping you. In the, nothing in death can separate you from God. Nothing in life can separate you from God. Uh, nothing in the spirit realm. That's what he means by angels, principalities, and powers. There's nothing in the spirit realm. You know, the the old, the old uh, fortress of hell can come up against you, but it will not prevail. That's what he said, the gates of hell. That's all the consuls of hell will not prevail against us. Um, he says there, he goes on to say that things present or things to come. That's time. Nothing in time can separate you. Nothing in time past, nothing in time to come, nothing in time present. Uh, he said the height nor depth. That's depth, depth nor height, neither above or below. You know, Hubble telescopes looks out there. You know what man's doing. They're out there with those Hubble Telescopes and they're looking for something that will contradict the Bible. You know what they're doing. Why do you think those scientists want to have life on another planet? They want, they are just so bad wanting one of those satellites they send out to one of them planets to come up and and, and, and and have some sort of, they've watched Star Trek too much. They want a humanoid, as they call it, to show up. And, I, you know, I told my wife the other day, I said, I wouldn't doubt it after the rapture, that the lie is the beast is going to show up and show miracles, call lightning down from heaven in front of the cameras, and do all kinds of other stuff that's never been done. And he's going to say, "You know, I planted you here a millennium ago." You think they'd buy into that? Are you kidding? They say, "See, I told you that Christianity one, right? I, t- you, you're our father. Yes, I planted you here a uh, millenniums ago, and I am God. And that's what." 2 Thessalonians says he's going to do. He's going to get in the temple of God and say, I'm God. And, and, and the false prophet's going to do miracles. He's going to cause a statue to, to come alive. Now, you know, robotics, call it what you want. Animation, call it what you want. But it's going to, it's going to be real looking. And, and uh, they're coming up with all kinds of robots. They, the other day I saw a robot that they finally perfected. A robot can smile. This robot smiled. But you know what? The eyes were dead. The eyes were dead. They haven't figured out how to put the life in the eyes. They haven't put the life in the eyes yet. But I think the old beast is going to accomplish that. I think it's going to be convincing. In fact, the Bible says it's going to be so convincing, uh, if it wasn't the Holy Spirit of God, even the elect would be deceived. But you believe him? You believe that there's nothing in time to come, nothing in heaven above, no planet is going to show up and say this is uh, you, this whole thing in Christianity, isn't that right? Nothing below, nothing in hell beneath, uh, nothing coming out of the very abyss of hell is going to contradict the things of God. Nothing in in the planets, is the the nebulae or any as far as they can see out there is going to show up to contradict the things of God. Nothing in the universe, no alien is going to show up. No fact or fiction. That's what he means by uh, nor any other creature. No other thing created is going to show up and say, hey, the things of God aren't right. Paul says, I am persuaded that the things that God has revealed are the true things and the real things. And that's, you want to know how he could get whipped so many times and keep going? You want to know how he gets get shipwrecked at night in the deep? Man, I've been in the ocean at night. It's, it's, it's scary. Everything that bumps you, it's like, because you can't see anything. And, and and I can tell you, how did he make it through that without losing his mind? He had confidence in the God who saved him. He was persuaded. Tonight, you need to be persuaded. What in the world Gave Paul this confidence in Jesus Christ. Well, first of all, I got a little short list here. He was born again. I don't think there's a bigger miracle anywhere demonstrated, anywhere in the Bible, than new birth. The crossing of the Red Sea was big. I'd have loved to have been there, but it wasn't like seeing an old sinner getting born again. I mean, the raising of Lazarus was big. I would have loved to have been there, but it wasn't as big as an old drunk Getting born, born again, becoming sober. Or, an, or a drug addict. Uh, or a guy like, um, what was the guy that died uh, that, that you worked with? Uh, yeah, like Steve Currington got saved. Man, Steve was a bad guy. Steve Currington was a bad guy. You read his testimony. And he got born again, man. That's a miracle! Bigger than anything is bigger than a creation of the world. I wish I was there when he spoke the stuff into existence, but being born again is bigger now. I hope you know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. I hope you know the Holy Spirit's entered into you and witnessed to you that you've been saved. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, What? Know you not your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost and which is in you, and you have of God, and you're not your own? You say, Well, brother, but I'm not sure of that. Well, you better get sure. You better get before God and say, God, I need to, I need to know. I need to know the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, Holy Spirit of God, speak to me. Holy Spirit of God, come to me. Holy Spirit of God, manifest yourself through me. Romans 8:16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Let me say this: if you're hanging on the edge of whether you think you're part of the family of God or not the part of the family of God, you sure are neutered. I mean, you're you have no power. Why? Because you've got no confidence. Have you ever met any of those people, they don't know whether they're saved or lost, they don't know their kind, and they, they can't serve God because they have no confidence to do it. They have no, they have no, because they, they're still on my Savior. Brother, nail that thing down. Drive the stake down. Secondly, there's a the witness of the Word of God. Paul had that, and it gave him confidence. He saw the fulfillment of the prophecy in Christ. He witnessed the accuracy of the prophecy concerning the Christ. He verified the absolute details by which Jesus Christ had fulfilled the uh, biblical prophecies. It's been said some 300 biblical prophecies were fulfilled around the birth, life, crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He saw how God could use imperfect vessels to accomplish His will, Him being the chief of all sinners having persecuted the church of God and put people to death causing them to blaspheme and God was able to use him and he was like if God can use me he can use you you said all oh, preacher not me yeah you I'm gonna tell you something the devil uses this against us maybe more than anything is that he somehow has got us believing that God loves God loves uh, uh that guy but he don't love me God God loves Bobby, but but he don't love me too much. Or God loves somebody else. Brother, when are you going to believe that God loves you every bit? As I said this morning, he's not a respecter of persons. He's not like we are. He's unbiased. He's not biased like we are. He wants to save you, and he wants to fill you, and he wants you to be like Abraham. He saw how God used him in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. When I'm up here preaching, I'm just a human being with all kinds of infirmities, but God works through people with infirmities. It's possible that through one of my sermons, God could speak to you. It pleased God. By the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know, we got folks I've talked to, I I want to pull my hair out. I, I don't because I don't want to be bald. But they said, well, I'm waiting for God to tell me. I said, you're going to wait a long time. I'm telling you. And I'm saved, call of God. Pastor in his church, I'm telling you to do it. That's enough. That's probably all that God's going to do. We are ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, be ye reconciled to God. Paul said, as though God did God did beseech you by us. Paul basically, I've gone to people's door, door to door, and knocked on the door. And just once in a while, I get led to do this. And I'm not arrogant in any way on this. But I go to the door, and I realize what's at stake at that door. And they come to the door, and I said, when they start wanting to get rid of me, I said, do you realize that God has come by your house today? They go, what do you mean by that? I said, I'm not God, but I'm representing him. When an ambassador of the United States goes over to a foreign country, they represent everybody in the United States of America. They represent our government and our power and our military. And, brother, when you go out in Jesus' name, sent in the Holy Spirit, and you speak the truth in love, that's as much of God as most people are going to ever hear and ever see. Because God has chosen to use men and us in His work. So secondly, Paul knew the Word of God. He knew that God worked through the Word of God. Boy, he. thirdly, he saw the testimony of changed lives. Like I said, he saw the love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, the temperance. He saw it fill people that were full of hate and full of depression, full of anger and full of cruelty and full of corruption and full of doubt and full of pride and out of control, be filled with the full fruit of the Spirit. The transformation was without explanation except by the power of the living God. And what did that do? They gave him confidence, confidence. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Romans 12.1, we quote it often, 1 through 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Why does God need us? Because he said so. And he wants you to give him your hands, your feet, your mouth, your eyes, your senses. And then he wants to be able to lead you to around in this whole world to speak his word and meet the people he wants you to meet, which, by the way, for most of us, that's a unique set of Folks. And he wants you to tell them what he wants them to hear. Go into the world and preach the gospel every creature. Don't make judgments. Just do what he wants you to do. And when you do that, you fulfill his will. You're an ambassador of Christ. You're a representative of heaven. And, brother, when you see God work through that, boy, I remember when I went to that door one time, that kid said, boy, I was getting ready to kill myself. And I said, God, if you're alive, have somebody knock on the door. And I heard your knock. I got chill down my spine. I thought, whoa. God, you're using me today. I'm sure glad I listened to your voice this morning instead of listening to to the old sleepy claws. That gives you confidence that God's, it persuades you. For I am persuaded. That's what what we're talking about. Paul saw the martyrs. He saw the personal sacrifice he saw the loving, he saw the giving, he saw the caring, he saw the, the, the uh, purity, he saw the faithfulness, he saw the trustworthiness come into countless lives that trusted Jesus. And, he's, and he had confidence in the power of the living God. Why not? Well, why, why do people not have confidence in God? I believe in some cases, they've not risked themselves for God. I get that. Get that. My, I remember when you first came in here, and you were making some decisions for God. And we talked about going door to door, and that was strange to you. Because Catholics, they don't do that, right, from where you come from. And you've knocked some doors down, and cuffed some people. So, you know, being abused was not new to him. And so I thought, but, but when, he, that, when you first came door to door, that was just, it was a little strange. Did it seem a little strange to you? Here's the warrant. Here's the warrant for your arrest. Now I'm going to serve you with a plan to go to heaven. God bless you. Did you pull on him? <clears throat> okay. Well, good. I'm glad. I'd get saved because I got this gun right here. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> but I see people come, and and it's like the, the most scary. It's, it's it really is like it's like they're being executed that day. <gasps> I I have people come to me and say. I I, I don't talk to folks. I thought, well, I bet you do. But okay. And, And they go, and man, God comes. Well, when you see God come, that gives you confidence. And you begin to believe it. You begin to get persuaded that there is a God, that he does do what he said he's going to do. He does come and help you. He does come and intervene for you. Every time you get answered prayer, it gives you a moment of confidence. Man, I've been in places, I've been in situations where I've gone in prayer to God and said, this cannot be answered tomorrow. This cannot be answered an hour from now. This has to be answered now, God. It has to be now. And he answered it. And I go, wow. I mean, I'm not, you know, you're never going at him like, You know, but you know if he don't answer, that you may not be alive the next 10 minutes. And, you know, there's been things, I can stand here tonight and and say by the grace of God and through the word of God and through the testimonies that he's brought my way and through the Holy Spirit that there is a God and he's going to be with you and he loves you and he's... I am not up here just rattling my mouth, off. that this thing is going to end the way he said it's going to end. You can trust him all the way home. It could be that some people are struggling to have be persuaded because they won't read the Bible. The Bible, simply reading the Bible will help you to be persuaded. Many of you have testified that you started reading the Bible and it transformed your life it helps you to grow. I literally see people begin to read the Bible, and I see their face change. Don't put a bunch of of um, I got to be careful here. Uh, don't put a bunch of uh, anti aging cream on your face. Read the Word of God. It will. It will. It will make. It'll do something to your face. I've seen it over and over. It'll do something to you. It'll give you a a spring in your step. It'll give you confidence. Why? The fear's gone. The guilt's gone. Those are intense emotions that degrade you and hurt you physically. And you know this, sin is hard on you. You see somebody that's going out in sin and and it, it changes their face it makes them look hard. It makes them look uh, uh, dead. It makes them look cold. And you see somebody that knows Jesus, and they, they got life, and and they got, they. you know what I mean? Man, I'm just telling you, trust in the living God. Allow yourself to be risked for him. Read, your, read the word of God. I think some people struggle with having being persuaded because they like purity. In other words, they're being tempted into doing something they know God isn't for, and how can you be persuaded? You know, when people, when born again Christians go are are convinced to go in some sort of sin that they know is wrong, God strips from them their assurance of salvation. I didn't say he stripped the salvation. Because that's something he does. But what he does is he strips from them their assurance of salvation. And they begin to wonder, I don't know if I'm really saved. Whoa, I wonder why. Why wouldn't you think you were saved? Well, I've been doing pornography lately, and I I know that that's not right. Well, no wonder. That stuff will strip you from your assurance. Why? Because God in his mercy doesn't want you to go around saying, I'm saved, 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 and then be watching porn every night. Not that that porn's going to send you to hell, but what it will do is it'll cause the chastising judgment of God to come upon you, as in Hebrews chapter twelve. You think all hell broke loose because if you look the words in Hebrews chapter twelve, scourging is used in there. Ooh. he scourgeth every son he receiveth. You never whipped your kid that hard. Ooh. But I think we need to get in the boat, brother. God's coming by. Get off the dock, jump in the water, get rid of the hindrances, and get persuaded that God is here. It's real. This is not some little social thing we're doing. This is, we're serving the living God that made heaven and earth. And I think that decision needs to be renewed day by day. Get in, get in all the way, and you'll experience the total, the absolute, the pure confidence that Paul had. For I am persuaded a new feeling of joy will come over you, your giggle will come to you in the midst of a crisis. Doc, you've seen that. Born again Christians, I've been nursing home minister for years. And now you folks are doing it. I'm a little jealous about that. There's the almost beautiful ministry because I'd get there and I'd come into a room. I used to go room to room. And I'd go room and I'd go in there and you could almost literally, if this was a doorway, you could almost step in there and say, this person's born again. I'm telling you. The atmosphere of the room was, was that different. You could almost go in a room and go, this person's not saved. You could feel the tension, the fear. Uh, It wouldn't take, if if you didn't feel it at the door, you could go up to the person and begin to talk just a few words to them, and you could say, this person knows Jesus, or this person's not ready to die. Oh, I've had them scream, save me. Oh, they're just out of their mind. I don't think they're as out of their mind as you think they are. And I've had some old girl in there, some of them old girls in there, and I say old girls because they outlive the men. The men pff, they croaked early. Thank God, Hallelujah. Most of the time, not all the time, but there'll be a girl in there, and she'll all be, she'll all be curled up with uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and you know, gnarled fingers, and in pain. You know, obvious man, she'll be curled up like a, in a almost a fetal position. Hadn't eaten much, real skinny, see all her bones. And At one time, she was a mother, a wife, a vibrant in life. Come down to that, it's just, and you'll say, Hun, do you know about Jesus? And she'll, a light will come on. Oh, I love Jesus. A little smile will come across her little face. Her face looks like a topographical map, and a little smile will come across that old girl's face. She's, I love Jesus. You know Jesus. I know Jesus. I'm just a young punk. I'm just a young guy. I don't know much about life, but you know, oh, I walked through many years. I love it. Oh, I hope you know Jesus, and she's ministering to me. I'm thinking, glory to God. Is this the way it is? I'm persuaded. That he is able to keep me against that day. Are you tonight? Are you persuaded? I'm going to read you these verses and quit. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 says, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. We are confident, I say, and willing rather, to be absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord, and all God's people said. Amen, except for the young ones. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.13, These all died in faith, not not receiving the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them. Oh, I go to God's Word sometimes and read it, and the Spirit of God will come and breathe on your soul, and the warmth of heaven, as it were, will come across your spirit, and you'll say, Oh, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. They embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I'm a stranger tonight. And and by the way, this world's getting stranger. And I become more of a stranger the more this world gets to be strange. And I'm a pilgrim tonight. Oh, I want to sing. In that bright city, pearly white city, I see them old girls in my mind that used to sing that. They've all been in heaven for a long time now. They'd sing those songs of Zion. I still see them in my mind. I'm coming. I was in my 20s when I saw those old girls. Now I'm in my 60s. Now I'm older than they were. Oh, heaven's, heaven's close. Amen. You, you young people, you say to me sometimes, I don't blame you. I'm worried about the future in America. I would be. But I wouldn't worry much. America may come under judgment because of her sin, and her sin is great. And it's really, to be honest with you, America has no excuse. We have had more Bible in America than any country in the entire world. If God wipes this country off the face of the earth, he's still gonna take care of you. He's still. Is going to take care of you. Because not one word of all that he's promised will ever fail. Solomon said that. Joshua said that. And I think Moses said that, but I have to verify it. But I know Solomon and Joshua both said that. Pretty reliable. And I'm telling you, in 65 years I've been around, I haven't seen one one word fail. In fact, I've seen stuff done Whew. wow. There is a God. Let's serve Him with all our heart. Father, help us tonight. Anoint these people. Give us grace from heaven. Breathe down upon little Gospel Baptist Church. Breathe down upon Bible Baptist Church and old Jim Barker. Breathe down upon Seagate Baptist Church and And Cornerstone Baptist Church and and Naples Baptist Temple and Winkler Road Baptist Church and Daniels Road Baptist Church and Crossway Baptist Church and and, uh, Gulf Coast Baptist Church and Gunnery Road Baptist Church and Bible Baptist, Bible Truth Baptist Church, Truth Bible Church, Truth Baptist Church, I'll get it, Truth Baptist Church out there in Lehigh. And First Baptist Church up there with Jay Shepard and Cleveland Baptist Church with old brother Dave Weiss. And up there George Pert in Tampa and the brother up in uh, Bradenton. And brother Manning up in Roanoke. Hal Hightower up in Detroit. Doug Jackson in C- Saginaw. Grace Bible Church in Elk. Calvary Baptist Church in Colorado. Moab Baptist Church. Father, people all over our country, people all over the world, touch your people in name. Use them for thy glory. Give us the confidence that Paul had. Help your people. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website